1: Hey everyone, welcome to the Roto-Grinders Morning Grind podcast. I'm your host, TV TPFL. It is Friday, it's April 29th. It is 2022. We have 13 MLB games to talk about here on today's slate. I'm joined by my good buddy, Genie for 07. Grant, what's happening, my friend? Play the Reds.
2: End of podcast.
1: (laughs) I know, I feel like we like legitimately could do a very short podcast today, but we'll talk more than just all of the reds being under 3000 in course um yeah like first first initial thoughts grant are you game theory fading the reds here cuz you're not you know, one offing the reds i mean right? they're so chalky i mean one off chalk
2: i i think i think the like game theory move Because like the interesting thing is Braddish on the slate. I assume he's pitching. The reports are that he's pitching. And he's 4K. So you can make things work with high-priced stacks very easily. So honestly, I may end up just full-on fading cores going with... Well, I mean, the problem is there's going to be a lot of high... High price stacks that are going to be the secondary stacks because, or the first stacks, of course, is so cheap. It's just a super interesting slate where I think avoiding some of the because none of the top price pitchers really stand out as great plays, but everyone's going to play them because they can. So I think it's going to be looking for cheaper pitchers and then paying up for bats. I think might be the right move from a game theory perspective, but I think just based on this, you kind of have to like roll some core stacks with whoever is like kind of forgotten, like stack Cincinnati with any number of like low, low owned stacks.
1: It's a, I mean, it's an interesting, it's an interesting slate. Um, yeah let's jump in we got a lot yeah. to talk about i mean my initial thoughts is i play three entry max and i might just fade them today that's my initial thought if i'm running 150 it's a lot harder i feel like to fade the reds here um uh, i mean
2: maybe i don't we think spot- you can fully do it I, I just don't think you can fully fade them
1: yeah yeah it's tough all right, let's do it. We get started here with Boston at Baltimore. Um, so it sounds like Tanner Hook is going to come in for Rich Hill. Rich Hill is going to get a few innings here. Um, anyway, we'll talk about that in a second. And then Bradish is pitching for Baltimore. This game has a nine total on a couple books that have it posted. Still, Red Sox, a 145 favorite. Bet MGM is the only book that has it up right now. Um, Let's start here with the Boston situation. I'm probably fading both of these guys, right? I just don't see on a 13-game slate someone working three or four innings and then the other guy working a couple innings is going to be worth anything here.
2: Yeah, I mean, you're for sure fading Rich Hill. Like, Rich Hill's old. He's done. Um, It is not a terrible matchup. But Tanner, I I could see playing him, but 8,100 is just probably too much. Considering we don't know if he's gonna go more than four innings. So likely just staying away from them altogether.
1: Um, any interest here on the other side? We got Kyle Bradish.
2: Yeah, he's I mean, his numbers were real good in triple A so far this season. Last season still solid. Looks to be probably an above average major league pitcher. Um get a little wild, but his Walker has been under control in the minors and through three starts this season. So I'm probably even in a tough matchup versus Boston, I'm probably going pretty heavy on them. Again, it's kind of the way the slate's working out with everyone being able to pay up for pitching because it's Cincinnati. I think he likely gets overlooked. I, again, it's not an easy matchup, but 4k price tag guys, probably going to go five innings. Um, again, got decent K stuff. He's had uh Pretty high K rate all the way through the minors, sitting around 30%. So even in the majors, like he's was solid in triple A, got a little wild, but K rate should be there. I think that he's probably the top point per dollar pitcher on the slate. There is volatility here. I mean, anytime you get a guy making his first start, not proven. Like it can go bad, but I'm probably going very heavy on him. Um,
1: yeah, I mean the Red Sox, there's plenty of strikeouts in the in the Red Sox lineup just in general right now. Um, you know, especially against right-handed pitching. It's just it's a young kid making his debut, um, facing Boston. And I mean, if they continue to roll out this lineup, gosh, so many the bottom of this lineup is just so bad right now. The Red Sox, the I mean, Kiki Hernandez hit fourth against Manoa on um Thursday, like I mean, I like Kiki Hernandez, but I mean this lineup just right now, and Trevor Story like adds more strikeouts to the lineup as well. So I, I don't hate Kyle Bradish here. Um, like you said, over uh, 10K per nine in AAA, good sw- swinging strike rate, good strikeout rate. Um, so yeah, I mean, I don't mind rolling the dice on a young kid here, uh, top ten prospect in the Baltimore's organization. So I don't know if that's saying much.
2: It's <laughs> really not saying. Well, I mean, they've actually got decent prospects. They're so yeah. not bringing them up because they're they don't want to pay anyone.
1: I mean, JD Martinez is probably not going to be back in the lineup. We'll see. Um, any interest here in the Boston bats?
2: I mean, I'll probably like it's. It's one of those weird spots where Braddish could get absolutely destroyed. Like top five bats of. The lineup, you can pay for. Um, you can still make work. They still got some pop. I mean, Devers stands out as a good play. Bogarts and Story stand out as all right plays. Kike, 3,800, not bad. Um, like It's just one of those spots where Braddish could end up with 20 points or negative 20 points. Boston's still a decent hanging lineup. So I don't hate I'm, – I'm probably not taking one-offs um, and stack or fade. Um and I think I'll have a few stacks of them.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's a young pitcher making his debut. So I could see playing Braddish on a team. I could see stacking the Red Sox on another team. Um, so on the Baltimore side of things, I mean, Mancini is still 3K. Potentially um, a good pivot off of some of the Reds chalk. Do you have any interest here in Baltimore?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think that Baltimore is fine. Not great. Again, they're, you mentioned it; they're a decent pivot off of the chalky red stacks. I mean, Mancini 3k is a solid bat Santander 3.1k solid bat Castle, 3k, especially first two innings with a uh, Hill. He'll at least get one bat versus a lefty Hayes. Same thing. Like they're cheap, they're cheap and they're going to be entirely overlooked because of Cincinnati. So well, they don't stand out as great plays, Rich Hill's not good. Um, Tanner's a decent overall pitcher, so not an awful matchup overall. Um, but their their price tags, same with everyday, are just too cheap.
1: All right, we got Houston at Toronto, your Kyde versus Kikuchi in this one, eight and a half total. And the Blue Jays is slight one twenty favorite here. Any interest here in your Kyde?
2: No, no. I mean, the Blue Jays are just a very solid-hitting lineup. He's too expensive at 8.4K. There's a guy that's a below-average strikeout rate pitcher and just probably an average overall pitcher. So I'm not taking an average pitcher at 8.4K going up against the Blue Jays.
1: I mean, they're just not a huge strikeout team. And, and like, that's the problem when facing Toronto with the right hand pitching. Um, They have one of the lowest strikeout rates in baseball. And if they didn't have Chapman and Zimmer in the lineup, you know, it'd probably be the lowest strikeout rate in baseball against random pitching. So, um, no interest for me here in your Kyde Kikuchi on the other side of this game. I mean, this isn't your typical like Houston team, but they still don't strike out against left-handed pitching. So I think I'm out here on Kikuchi at 6,400.
2: Again, he's one of the guys that I'm looking at low price pitching. If I want to just double stack high price lineups, um, should be facing the three lefties, although that are very good lefties. And Brantley in particular doesn't strike out a huge clip. But Kikuchi not a bad pitcher versus lefties. The righties in the lineup, I mean, outside of Bregman, really are not great. So I don't hate it. I honestly don't hate Kikuchi just because of his 6.4K price tag. I know he hasn't been great so far this season. Really hasn't had an outstanding outing. Um, but he's faced Boston, Houston, New York. Um I know Houston beat him up a little bit, but I don't think it's fully the same. No, it might be the same line. Altitude's been out for a bit, but it's, it's still like not a terrible spot. It's not great, but Kikuchi's better than a six point four K pitcher. And this price tag just seems a little bit low.
1: Yeah. Um I don't like I said, I don't really have a ton of interest in your Katie, but We'll see how it plays out. Um, I did read, like, Altuve probably back next week, um, Monday or Tuesday. So not going to really affect this series, but just something to kind of note in the back of the head. Um, Any interest here in the Houston Bats?
2: Not really. I mean, Bragman's probably fine. I don't like to target any lefties, no matter how good they are. Going up against Kikuchi, um, Chaz is probably leading off again. He's cheap. That'd be the other bat I'd think about, but overall, not a great not a great stack. Those are only two individual bats that actually stand out.
1: Yeah, I mean, Bregman, um, Gary L. Not Gary L. Um, Yeah, Gary but With both Gary L's here, it always throws me off. Yeah. But, um, I think those two are my favorite, but, I mean, you can always play um, Jordan Alvarez. I don't care the matchup. Lefty-lefty doesn't scare me. Big power bat. Um, the Toronto side, I mean, Vlad, they said that he should be here. I think it was just a day off situation for Vlad, in my opinion. Um, they're like on a stretch of like a lot of games in a row. And I mean, it it seems that way to me anyway.
2: Yeah, yeah, probably. I, I assume he's gonna play. And I mean, I'm I'm all aboard the Blue Jay stack here. I mean, Guriel, Vlad, Bachette, Springer, again. People paying down a lot with the Reds bats. I mean, maybe they draw some steam, but Arkitee, not good versus right-handed pitching, really doesn't have a very good slider or right-handing, really doesn't have a great slider, gives up a lot of fly balls, a lot of hard contact for righties, which we know these righties have a ton of power. So the power righty bats, Chapman, Guriel, Vlad, Bouchette, Springer. I'm I'm all all in for all of them.
1: All right, we got L.A. going up against Chicago, Noah Syndergaard against Lucas Giolito in this one. Seven total in this game is what I see. Um, Looks like slight favorites here to the White Sox, about a 125 to 130. Um, Let's start here with Noah Syndergaard. 88 pitches last time out against Baltimore. Six strikeouts. Pretty solid start. He doesn't look to me, doesn't look like Thor yet. I don't know if it's just all the injuries or whatnot, but it is really cool to see him back out on the hill.
2: Yeah, I know. It's great to see him back on the hill. I still don't think I'm going to go with him here. I mean, there is a 3.8 implied run total going up against him, but hasn't had that strikeout ability so far. I mean, his fastball isn't As fast as it was, sinker like he just doesn't have the same velocity he had before the injury. So I don't hate him. Like again, low total going up against him. But until I see a bunch of strikeout upside, then I'm I'm probably going to stay away. I mean, the swing strike rate has been there is the main thing. Like he might just be getting unlucky. He's got a 12.9% swing strike rate and only 17.3% K rate. I mean. Do you think he's just getting really unlucky?
1: It's so, I mean, so tough to say because he hasn't, I feel like he hasn't faced like a potent offense yet. So is it luck? I mean, I don't know, Grant. I really don't know. Like 17% K rate. 13% swinging strike rate always indicates like he should be striking out way more than 17%.
2: Yeah. I mean, the ground balls are there. I don't know. I mean, the main thing is that Vegas is like, assuming there's not going to be runs in this game. Like that's what's kind of making me think about this with the swinging strike rate. Like maybe Vegas just knows that Thor is actually decent. He's just gotten unlucky. Um, It's not a great matchup going up against White Sox, but obviously without uh, that what's his name, Robert, and without Eloy in the lineup, they're not as good of a lineup. I mean, you got Gavin Sheets batting third. I don't know. I mean, I'm starting to talk myself more and more into it. Um, I don't think he's the best pitcher on the slate, but I'm now starting to think probably not a horrible idea to play him.
1: Yeah, I mean. There's a lot of K's in the White Sox lineup. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot of K's in both of these lineups. So uh, maybe, I don't know if Syndergaard's on my list. I'm I'm, I'm going to do some more research tomorrow. And I kind of want to see what he's at ownership-wise and stuff. But yeah, we'll see. I do like Lucas Giolito on the other side of this game, though. Um, this White Sox team is not, or the Angels team is not your typical Angels team. 76 pitches last time out he was someone that you know right after his first start didn't pitch for a little while um you know it was i think it was admin so i think we see 85 to 90 pitches here for giolito and there's a lot of strikeouts in this lineup so i do have some interest in him
2: yeah i mean my problem is the potential pitch count i mean 76 does make me think you can get to mid 80s here will they i don't know um but i mean I'm, i'm willing to give it a shot there's not a ton of there's really not any high-priced pitcher that I love today, so Giolito kind of, kind of just falls into the category of like, well, if you we can get 90 pitches out of him, you have the money to spend up for him. I think a lot of people might end up going with him. Um, low total going up against him, again, great pitcher. So I'm not against it, but like kind of what I talked about at the beginning of the podcast with the Reds being so cheap, I'm probably going to stick more in the mid-tier cheap tier when it comes to pitching. So I might end up fading Giolito just because of that.
1: Bats in this game, any interest here on the Angels?
2: No, I guess Giolito. I mean, Trout and Otani are always fine, like, but it's kind of it. I mean, Ward's sitting up over 5K, and he's was real hot recently, um, but – I don't know if I want to pay that price tag for him. It's probably just Otani and dread. If you want to do a mini stack, that's fine. g Little can get a little bit out of control at times, but overall, he's just too good of a pitcher for me to want to pay these price tags for these bats.
1: Yeah, I, I don't think I'm playing a bat in this game.
2: Yeah, I'm definitely definitely not a fan of the other side either. I mean... Yeah, just like... Of-
1: yeah.
2: Yeah, you want three bats of this. You want Anderson, you want Abreu, and you want Grandall. And again, center guard, he's at the very least, if the strikeout stuff isn't just getting unlucky, he's getting a lot of ground balls. It's not terribly hot there. Wind's probably blowing in. So I'm I'm probably just staying away.
1: All right. Let's move on. We got Minnesota at Tampa, Dylan, Bundy. Going up against Corey Kluber in this one, seven and a half total, and yeah, thought I had a line out for this game, but I don't.
2: Minus one thirty three raise.
1: There you go. I don't know why I'm not seeing it. Um, any interest here in Dylan Bundy?
2: I mean, he's pitched well so far this season. Um. Has been great, has been p- pitched terrible. Not an awful match going up against Tampa Bay, um, sitting at A300. I don't mind him. Like, he's he's done well so far. I mean, we always know that he's going to potentially give up several home runs. He's gotten on the right side of it so far this year. Don't, do not expect him to keep this home run to fly ball rate. I mean, he has not given up one all season, and he's sitting at a 37% fly ball rate since beginning of last season and giving up hard contact. It's definitely been less this year, but um, like it, it's still not going to keep up like this. Like he's gotten on the right side of it. Numbers have improved, but small enough sample size where I I just, I, I don't fully trust it, um, but he is still in play at 8.3 K. I don't love it, but it's there.
1: Yeah. I mean, he's pitched really well to start the year and this game's in Tampa should be a low scoring game. Pitch count is the biggest concern. I think when it comes to Dylan Bundy, I mean, we low key have a pretty good pitching slate today. Um, for not having like a bunch of number ones on the Hill. So um, any interest here in Corey Kluber at 9,200?
2: I have the price tag. Just, I mean, this is a high strikeout matchup going up against Minnesota. There's obviously a lot of big strikeout bats, but I mean, the swing strike rate has been decent for Kluber. He could be another one of those guys that really isn't like, he's been better than he has been. I mean, the BABIP has also been pretty high for him at 356. So he's been better than the numbers kind of show, but he also is sitting right below a 5X fit. Again, we're assuming the strikeout rate's going to go up a bit um, just based on a swinging strike rate. But I I don't know. I don't know if I can pay that 9.2K price tag. Ray's obviously not going to let him go more than five innings, most likely, because they never let anyone do that. I mean, has got over 90 pitches yet so far. Um, I'm probably out at this price tag.
1: Look at the Minnesota lineup when it comes out, I think is the best thing I can say here. If they roll out that really right-handed heavy lineup with strikeouts in it, maybe you roll the dice on Kluber. I think there's better options than Kluber on this slate just as a whole, Um, cheaper or more expensive. So I probably do not end up on Corey Kluber today, but I'm not going to run to play Minnesota. I mean, obviously you could play Buxton, but outside of him, I mean, Max Kepler is pretty cheap here at 3,400. It's really, it for me,
2: yeah. I mean, yeah, it's pretty much Buxton, club, Kepler. That's that's kind of it. I mean, maybe Ursula, but yeah, probably just rolling with Buxton and Kepler.
1: Um, Tampa Bay side, I mean, Wander Franco is always someone that I think you're looking at at shortstop, he has just such a high upside ceiling. Uh, brendan Lau, they're just kind of expensive, so I think. If people are stacking Tampa and paying it for pitching, they are going to be a lot of red stacks with that stack. Um, I mean, low total. Bundy's been decent. I don't know how much I really want to stack the Rays in this spot.
2: Yeah, I'm really just home run hunting with Franco and with uh, Lau. Um, Bundy gives up home runs. I know he hasn't so far this year. But also something to keep in mind is they're playing in Tampa Bay. It's in the Dome. Realistically, all across the U.S., it's cold right now. It's nice out in Colorado Springs, but um, yeah, it's not very warm. Um, So this is some of the better hitting conditions, which you don't normally think about being in a dome. So I don't mind the power of Franco or Lowe, but that's, that's kind of it. I mean, if you want to throw in a Rosarina, that's also fine. Um, But yeah, you're just looking for power one-offs in this lineup. All right, moving on.
1: We got Philadelphia at New York taking on the Mets. Aaron Nola against, um, McGill another, I mean, another game with a pretty low total here, seven. We have some low totals on this slate as a whole, uh, the Mets, most books have them about a 115 to 120 favorites, Aaron Nola, 8,500. I mean, my problem with the Mets right now is they're just not striking out. They they're the lowest strikeout rate in baseball this season against trying to pitching any interest here in
2: Aaron Nola. I think he's my – I don't care if the, the lowest strikeout rate to him. I mean, Noah just had a fantastic outing going up against Milwaukee. He's a very good pitcher. He's underpriced at 8500 Like, why they dropped his price tag after this last start, I have no idea. Um, he's my favorite pitcher on the slate. Okay.
1: I mean ah, – Gosh. Why did you, you – like, I wanted you to, like, not – Talk me into playing
2: Nola here. Do you not enjoy money?
1: Oh, I love money. I mean, he just dominated the Brewers. Don't get me wrong. It's just, gosh, he struggled against the Mets earlier this year, too. I don't know. I'm, I, I'm gonna, this is gonna be my final um thing here. I'm very on the fence when it comes to Aaron Nola in this game. So, um, yeah, I, Taylor McGill on the other side of this game, he is off to a really strong start. He's put up at least 24 DK points in three of his four starts. Um, 92 pitches was a season high last time out, six and two thirds. Kind of got in trouble there, not to get that last out. They they wanted to let him finish the seventh inning in that game. So um, 9,800, one of the most expensive pitchers on the drafting slate. Any interest in him?
2: Yep. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, he's been – he's been solid so far this year. Like he has been solid. He's been consistent. The K numbers have been there. Hasn't been giving up a ton of bombs. Like he's been good so far. Phillies are a tough offense, but I'm not really too worried about it considering the 3.5 run total and the 58 degree weather over in city field, already pretty pitcher friendly park. So I'm, I'm, I, I prefer him to G Alito. I prefer him to Wainwright. I prefer him to Kluber. I prefer him to Anderson. So Cortez, I don't know if I prefer him to him, but it's kind of going to be one of those things where uh, whoever is going to be higher on Miguel or Cortez, I'm I'm just going with the other one.
1: It's super fair. Um, Gosh, I mean, this is another game where I'm like struggling to want to play any of the bats, even though like there's so many decent bats in this game.
2: I mean, it's 58 degrees. It's two good pitchers, two ace pitchers. Um, Like I don't see the need to play bats. I mean, it's not, we're not getting a discount. Every single one of the top six batters in the Phillies lineup are 4,600 and over every single one of the top bats for the Mets are 4.9 K or over. Like I'm not paying that for Nemo, Marte, Lindor, Alonzo, I could see going with, but I mean, Nola is a good pitcher, and if you want to target anyone, it's probably getting more power from lefties, but yeah, I mean, this is just a spot here where two good pitchers, two of my favorite pitchers here on the slate, and overpriced bats, so no, I don't want to play any bats from this game.
1: Here we go. Moving on, we have Atlanta against Texas. Um, Ian Anderson starting for Atlanta, and then Texas is going to be in an opener type of situation. Um, yeah, this game doesn't have a total, um, so we'll have to kind of see. I don't think pitcher is you know fully announced yet. Do you have any interest here in Ian Anderson going up against Texas?
2: Not at 8.9K. I mean, he's same thing with Ian Anderson, is always. He's gotten erratic. He's been erratic. The strikeout upside's there. The upside's always kind of there. This Texas lineup isn't terrible. So i would probably just full on avoiding him at that price tag. If it was 7,800, it'd be a different story. But on this slate where I can get Aaron Nola, Alex Wood, right around the same price tag, there's no reason for me to play Ian Anderson.
1: Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't love Ian Anderson, and I'm definitely not playing the the Texas situation here. Um, do you have any interest in the Texas situation?
2: I mean, now I mean it's probably going to be Richard. Looks like it's Richards and Howard at the moment. Obviously, could change, but I'm not playing either of them.
1: All right, let's talk Braves bats. Um, Ronald Cunha back. Albie's Olson, Riley. I think this is a stack you could. Get a little overweight on to make your lineups different today. This is
2: one of the high end stacks I was talking about earlier on the show. I mean, Texas pitching situation's hot garbage um, today. Alby's too cheap. Um, is Cunha going to be in the lineup?
1: Yeah, he should be in the lineup. He's back.
2: Yeah. So this is this is probably my favorite stack on the slates. But assuming that if the dome's open, it's absolutely my favorite stack on the slate. Uh, Eighty-two degrees over in. Arlington, these are all bats that get into the ball. Ballpark, Garrett Richards, not good. Howard is not good. Um, they both give up power. Like, this is my favorite stack on the slate. And if you need to save a little bit of money, Duval's sitting there at 2.5K for no reason in the world.
1: Yeah, I mean, I like Atlanta. This is a team that, like, I mean, we haven't talked about a lot of spots with a ton of offense yet to start the slate and I think Atlanta is one of those spots um that they, I think they can hang some runs up here against this Texas team so um any interest in the Texas bats against Anderson
2: I don't hate it I don't hate a stack I probably don't want to pick out individual bats I mean Ian Anderson's a guy that generally doesn't give up a ton of power but he can absolutely get wild get himself into some trouble so going with Simeon Seeger Garber is not the worst idea in the world, and then throwing in either the Calhouns, Garcia, or Lowe um, not a bad idea. I mean, it doesn't stand out as a great play, they're likely to be below single digit ownership. So, I think that you could do worse things and stack him up just because of how bad Ian Anderson can get into trouble.
1: Yeah, um, it's just they're such a tough team to stack. I mean, I, outside of like Seager and Simeon, it's so. Never. Yeah, 4,400 for a catcher is a lot, right?
2: I mean, it's it's Garvin. I know we prefer him against the lefty, but still a solid overall catcher. Yeah. Also, still pissed off about AJ Brown. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Pickett went to Pittsburgh.
1: There you go. All right. We got a podcast. No, nope, nope, nope. I don't don't have
2: nearly the analysis on the draft to do that.
1: Uh, All right. We got Cortez going up against Bubbock. We got the Yankees at Kansas City. Eight and a half total in this game. And the Yankees are a minus 200 favorite. I, okay. So, first of all, before we get into like pitching, I think this is going to be a key game for like Kevin Roth, you know, because. The disc golf tour is playing in Kansas this weekend. And I mean, I was doing my research for prize picks for disc golf before we got rolling here and it is going to be windy tomorrow. So I want to see what we're looking at in this ballpark tomorrow and how much mile
2: per hour winds are projected going to outfield.
1: Yeah. But I mean, in Emporia, I mean, Kansas in in general, like, Gus can happen so like I really want to look at the wins and see what Roth has to say Uh, look at the weather model and see if we've had uh, wins here but uh, with that said Cortez draws a fantastic matchup here and I mean he's kind of a stud
2: yeah he's been great so far this season I mean last two outings eight and 12 strikeouts I mean he's been he's been good got up to 91 pitches in his last start 88 in the last when before that 44% K rate on the season going up against Kansas City, that just is not a great lineup, yeah. Yeah, like I said, him and McGill are are my two top guys, and probably just weather permitting because it could rain out there. Um, like I'm going with Cortez or McGill as my main spend up or both. Um, I mean, if they're similar ownership, yeah, just go 50 50
1: all right um Chris Bubbick on the other side no. yeah lefty- yeah I mean he's a lefty face in the Yankees like we don't we don't have to get into this um a lot here so let's let's talk Yankees bats I mean when we look at Bubich, I just like calling him Bubich.
2: um when we look at his numbers you've you messed it up intentionally or unintentionally so many times I can't remember which name it is it's
1: like I think it's actually like Bubich, um but I like calling I'm him, call him bubbock Yeah, I mean, it's just a a fun name, man. Um, Cool name. Not making fun of him. Cool name. I like the name. Anyway, low strikeout rate guy. uh, Gives up hard contact and power to both sides of the plate. So, I mean, the Yankees are definitely going to grade out as one of the top um, stacks on the slate. Do you have any interest here in the Yankees' bats?
2: Judge, Stanton, Donaldson. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. LeMahieu. I mean – Bubik, whatever his name is, um, not very good. um, Not very good to either side of the plate. Actually gives up a lot of power to the lefties. Or at least he has since the beginning of last season. Gets really wild, so a full stack is absolutely in order. 42% fly ball rate and 36% hard contact rate. So you can go with Gallo, who's been hanging the ball better uh, recently, especially since Bubik only strikes out lefties at a 70% K rate, and Rizzo, who's been hanging the ball, I don't even know if I can say well. He's been getting home runs. They haven't been going far, but they've been leaving the park. Um, but, yeah, full, full stack. Everyone, everyone, everyone.
1: Yeah, Yankees definitely uh, one of my favorite pivots off of course today. I have no interest in the Royals. Yep, I let's mean, move on. You can always, like, say Salvador Perez, but overall just no interest in the Royals whatsoever.
2: Nestor's been so good. Like, and the Royals have not been – so good. And you're not getting a price discount on the top three. So, no, I'm not, I'm not playing any of them.
1: All right. We got the Cubs at Milwaukee taking on the, the Brewers. Hendricks going up against Hauser, um, eight total in this game. The Brewers, a 135 to 145 favorite on most books here. Any interest in Kyle Hendricks? I don't think
2: so. I mean, saying it's 7,400, that's probably price where he should be. His numbers have been surprisingly all right so far this season, but he hasn't given up a home run. I think a lot of the times he's been pitching has been either in Pittsburgh or it's been pretty good weather over in Wrigley. I don't think that's going to keep up. I mean, there's a guy that historically, since beginning of last season, has given up a pretty hefty um, amount of hard contact to both sides of the plate. I mean, he's Probably a better real-life pitcher than he is a DFS pitcher. Just the upside is not there. Um, I I don't I don't think I'm playing him.
1: He finally put a start together last time out against Pittsburgh, but still just no strikeouts against a team that's been striking out a lot. So I just – Kyle Hendricks is a better real-life pitcher than he is a DFS pitcher, so not a ton of interest. Adrian Hauser had a good season a couple of years ago, um, but – just really hasn't shown that upside. I I think I'm out on both the pitchers in this game. Yep. Uh, Let's talk bats. Any interest here in the Cubs?
2: I I don't mind targeting the lefties. Hauser statistically has been very good versus righties. It's a ton of ground balls, almost no fly balls to righties. Um, So if I'm targeting anyone on the Cubs, it's probably going to be a decent power lefty, which really just kind of leaves Hap and maybe ortega like but i mean it's 50 degrees in milwaukee so the dome will probably be closed price tags are not fantastic on anyone again huge ground ball rate versus righty so you're not really getting a ton of upside there don't want to play suzuki don't want to play Contreras, from wisdom it would just be half and ortega probably and i mean it's not like they stand out as good plays Yeah,
1: I don't know what to do here with the Cubs. I mean, Suzuki is so expensive, maybe no one plays him here. And, I mean, this dude is just absolutely crushing the baseball. And I think you could pair him with, like, Schwindel or Happ or Wyndham. I don't know if I four like, a full five-man stack the Cubs here, but I, I could see using them as, like, a secondary stack on the slate.
2: Yeah, that's fair.
1: The only problem with, like, stacking against them is just, like... The bullpen is just so good. <laughs> yeah. Um, any interest here in the Milwaukee bats? Yeah, I'd probably target
2: the lefties here. Um, so, Yelich, Wong, Rowdy, um, Narvaez, probably my go tos. I don't mind throwing in McCutcheon because of his price tag. I don't mind Adamus, but I'm going with lefty bats. I mean, historically, like, Hendricks has struck out lefties more because of his uh because of his changeup, but he is giving up a lot more hard contact, a lot more fly balls to lefties going back to doing it last year. 205 ISO. So I like targeting lefties going up against him just because he's not much of a ground ball pitcher against them anymore. And so just targeting guys looking at a ball bar par- ballpark. So those lefties are the main ones to go with.
1: All right, Arizona at St. Louis. Madison Bumgarner against Adam Wainwright. Yeah, I mean, pitching of the guys that have been around forever, it seems like seven total in this one. And the Cardinals, a 185 favorites. Any interest here in Madison Bumgarner?
2: I generally don't play him. And going up against a almost entirely righty team, I'm not going to again.
1: I'm not playing Bumgarner here. Um, No chance. Um, I mean, Wainwright on the other side of this game, he's another guy that's somewhat in the conversation, but I feel like the guys in this price range just have so much more ceiling than Wainwright.
2: Yeah. I mean, I'd take, I'd take G Lito over him, Miguel and Cortez 10 out of 10 times. Most likely I'd probably even take Kluber over him and I'd definitely take Null over him. So I mean, it's not like we have very little um, amount of pitchers up at the top to go with. You have a lot of options. Wainwright, you're not getting a huge amount of upside. I mean, he's still a good pitcher. He's a better real-life pitcher than a fantasy pitcher. Um, but he, it's not a bad matchup either, but I, I just don't see him putting up a 25-point outing here. So 9.4K, just a bit too expensive here. I'm I'm staying away. Arizona bats. <laughs> right, it's a good pitcher. So I'm, I'm staying away. Like maybe Varsha probably fine. Um, and it's really it. Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: I got nothing on bats on the Arizona. I mean, on the St. Louis side, I really like Tyler O'Neill at 4,700 Nolan Arenado at 53. And if I'm going to play those two together, I could definitely see like throwing like a Goldschmidt or somebody in there and make it a three man stack. And the fact that they're so expensive probably keeps their ownership way down here. I mean, I
2: could see some people going with a double stack of Cincinnati and then well, five, a five, three stack with Goldschmidt, O'Neill and Arenado. I mean, all three of them stand out as great plays. I mean, Bumgarner, we know that his numbers against righties are drastically worse than his numbers against lefties. He's giving up hard contact. He's giving up fly balls at a well above average league average rate. Um, Just doesn't fully have it anymore. And I mean, Goldschmidt, O'Neill, and Arnotto's ISOs versus lefties are over 300 since the beginning of last year. All or what was over 400. This is probably one of my favorite mini stacks with those three guys.
1: Yeah, I just – gosh, I just – looking at this slate, Grant, and I'm like, no one is playing them at these prices. No, I am. No, I know. I'm just saying, like, overall, I just don't think they're going to be a team that is um, highly owned here.
2: It's also humid and 72 degrees over in St. Louis, which I like. But, I mean, Bumgarner stacking against them has historically worked terrible for me. Um, I'm not going to stop, but it has not worked well. will just say that. But the, those three guys, just their numbers versus lefties and Bumgarner's inability to get righties out, it just makes me want to play those three guys with a mini stack over and over again.
1: Yeah. Um, moving on. Let's talk about it. It's time Cincinnati at Colorado taking on the Rockies 10 and a half total in this game, pick them game. We got green against Sensatella. I mean, we're not playing either one of these pitchers, right?
2: Nope.
1: I mean, Hunter green has shown a little bit of upside to start the season, but I mean, not in course Uh, the reds. I, I mean, they get Sensatella in course and, you know, they were one of my favorite stacks yesterday. I am now the jury is out if Joey Frado is fraud Vado again or not. Um, but, I mean, he has to stop walking or I'm going to call him a fraud again. So, um I mean, the Reds are cheap, Grant, and they're in a great spot against Sensitilla and Coors, and they're going to be the chalkiest we've seen a team on a 13-game slate in a long time.
2: Yeah, this is some of the worst pricing I've ever seen. I mean, especially going up against Sensatella, a guy that throws strikes, so all the high strikeout bats really aren't going to make any difference at all. They can hit the ball hard. They're playing in core. It's not terribly hot, but this is just a bad, bad, bad pricing spot. I mean, game theory says fade. I might fade. I might not. I'm, just, I'm leaning more toward just fading them or probably going like half the field. I, I won't, you can't full on fade them. I mean, well, you can. You can if you have balls of steel. But I mean, Naquin, Pham, Vado, Sinzel, Mustakas, everyone's under 3K. So it's it was just one of the biggest errors in pricings I've ever seen. Like they're all priced like they're facing Garrett Cole outside of Coors it's just ridiculous to me i don't know what's going on with the dk algorithm <laughs> but they've fudged up real bad
1: yeah, this one is like one of the bigger mess ups we've seen in a while and i mean this This says all the makings of everyone making a huge deal out of it all day long and it, and it will It, I've it already started tonight. i know i've already saw like tweets and stuff and like and then all of a sudden this game like 5 to 2 or something <laughs> like,
2: it has all the makings. It's going right? to happen. Yeah. yeah. It, people are going to be tilted one way or another.
1: Yeah, I don't know if I'm going to play the Reds. If I play them it'll only be out of like it'd be a stack and it'd be like one out of my three teams. Um but like I don't the only like argument I have against the Cincinnati Reds in this spot is game theory. Yeah, that's
2: the only argument you can make. This is literally one of the best point per dollar stacks i have ever seen
1: i mean the only way i mean you could get different by potentially like stacking the bottom of the order i guess but yeah we'll see what happens Rockies. I think the Rockies potentially go overlooked because everyone's playing the Reds at cheap prices. So no, I they're guess... going to
2: full on core stack. Four, yeah. do all five, three and four, three full on core stacks. That's what's happening today, and it's infuriating. Um, you can if you live in a legal gambling state, you can roll out 150 lineups of full on core stacks and then bet the under.
1: Yeah. There you go. Oh man. Fun fun times, but I hate it, I hate <laughs> it so much. I lo- I love is on the slate because, you know, you can make the game theory decision of fading it, but when they price like 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 you said, they're facing like an elite ace in the best pitchers ballpark in baseball and it's in the best hitters ballpark. It's just so frustrating. Anyway, Cleveland at Oakland, uh Savell against Oller this game is currently sitting at – some books have it at six and a half. Most books have it at seven. And the Oakland Athletics, the 130 favorite here. Is uh, it any Aller ins- or is it
2: Montas? I've seen both reports. What I have in I front of
1: me is um, Aller. It'd make more sense if it was Montas with them being yeah,
2: favorite. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure, which it kind of – it sets I mean, up
1: to be Aller's day, like days wise. So,
2: yeah, I know it makes sense to be Aller, but
1: <laughs> the books, the the line, the lines make sense for it to be Montas for sure. Let's, I'm gonna pull up um MLB at bat real quick and see who they have. So they have Montas. So let's let's assume it's Montas. Um, yeah,
2: I mean, because we're not playing Aller, and we're probably not playing Cleveland. So. Um, I don't even know if I'm talk. playing
1: Monta- Montas. 8, um, Montas is 8,100. Montas
2: is – you can you can play Montas. You don't want to play Aller and you probably don't want to play Cleveland Bats, so we only need to talk about Montas.
1: I mean, I I think we can make a, a legit argument for Aaron Savilli. Um, oh, yeah, I love him. Because like, Oakland is hot garbage.
2: Uh, good use of that phrase. Yeah, no, <laughs> Oakland's hot garbage. Like, it's all like – Not a terrible pitcher. A little bit of a reverse splits guy. So, I mean, it's most likely Oakland's still going to platoon out several guys. Um, So there's some upside here just based on that, but also based on the fact that Oakland is striking out a bunch. They're not good. It's 58 degrees. It's in Oakland. It's a good pitcher's ballpark. Only uh, 6.9K. Nice. Um, Yeah, this is just too cheap of a pitcher for this type of matchup. Um, I know he hasn't been great so far this season, but he's kind of run on the wrong side of Babip and wrong. He's just gotten a, pretty unlucky, like six runs in the last game with seven base runners, four runs in the game before that with five base runners, four runs in the game before that with seven base runners. So he's gotten pretty unlucky. So looking at his overall numbers, it really doesn't equate to how, He's actually been so far this year. And I know that his overall xBIP has been bad, um, but he's got a 382 BABIP. Like, I get he's getting hard contact, but this is a bad, bad lineup in a bad ballpark for hitting. So I'm not really too worried about his home run or his hard contact rate or his fly ball rate in this type of park. I mean, it's like when Mike Fires was pitching over in Oakland it's going with the non-juice ball. The ball's probably not going to leave the ballpark that much here. So I don't, I don't care how bad he's been. He's not as bad as he has been. He's been getting unlucky and he gets a great matchup here.
1: I mean, I, I kind of said my joke by saying Oakland was hot garbage, but I, I mean, they're a team that I've, I'm targeting a lot to start the season as far as pitching is concerned. So um a ton of interest in Savili here. Savali, Savili, um, Savell. One of the One of the three. Um, <laughs> any interests here in uh, Cleveland?
2: I have some interest in Montas. Like he's eight point one k.
1: I mean, I thought we kind of said Montas already.
2: Yeah, but I mean, three point one run total against him. I'm not playing any. If it's Montas, I'm not playing Cleveland bats. Um, yeah, and if Montas is on the mound, he's one of the better AK. He, he might be the best AK option. I mean, him potentially Thor Bundy, um, Noah actually is the best AK option, probably followed by Wood. But Montas is right there with him. If he's going to go low on – which I don't expect with a six and a half total in this game. Um, but yeah, I'm not playing any bats.
1: Oakland bats. I mean. I... This game has a six and a half total. Yeah, <laughs> I
2: mean, uh, it's, it's bad. It's going to yeah. be a not fun game to watch, and I mean, no Oakland fans are going to be there anyway. So,
1: yeah, uh, yeah, <laughs> got nothing. All right, moving on. We got some offense we could potentially play in this one. We got Detroit, Adelaide taking on the Dodgers, eight and a half total. In this one, Dodgers, a 240 favorite, 265 on some books, um, 225 on DraftKings Sportsbook. I don't like betting big favorites, but, I mean. uh, We got Alexander against Anderson. Any interest here in Tyler Alexander?
2: Bad lefty against the Dodgers now.
1: I try not to laugh as I said it. Um, <laughs> just... Yeah, I no interest for me here in Tyler Alexander whatsoever. And then, you know, Tyler Anderson on the other side of this game, 80 pitches last time out finally. They let him go a little bit in that game. Really hasn't done much. His command just doesn't seem to be there. Um, I mean, Andrew Heaney is the guy that he's kind of filling in for here. Any interest here in Anderson?
2: Not really. I mean, I'm not a huge fan of Detroit bats he's sitting at 7.7k again there's several different pitchers in the 8k range that I'd rather get up to um or go down to Savale. so I mean it's 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 not that he's a bad play I mean there's a 3.4 implied run total going up against him for a reason um this isn't a great lineup there is some strikeouts there I mean for not to have lefty on righty considering there's a lot of good righty or a lot of above average righty bats that have some pop but the strikeout rates are there so I'm not going to argue with playing Anderson, but again, I prefer a I prefer Nola. I prefer Bundy. Um, it's, it's just a spot where I prefer Montas. There's, there's a lot of guys that are just slightly more expensive than him, that have drastically higher upsides and um, are just better pitchers.
1: Sock bats. Okay. So I'll say this. If the Detroit line that comes out and there's a lot of lefties, maybe you take a shot on Anderson if you're rolling 150 teams. Yeah, but they're not
2: going to do that.
1: I mean, they do have quite a few lefties in their lineup normally, but they do have some righties on the bench, so we just going to have to kind of see. Because, I mean, what's their outfield? badu Meadows? They have another lefty in the outfield, don't they?
2: Yeah, but, I mean, they got... I mean, Haas will probably be in there. Grossman will probably be in there. Um,
1: Grossman, is he's switch hitter, though. That's what i was thinking. yeah. Anyway, um, Detroit bats. I mean, Javi Baez is 4,300 at shortstop.
2: Yeah, don't hate that. Don't hate Torkinson or Torkinson. Um, Those would probably be the main two bats. and They both got some pop going up against Anderson, platoon split. So, uh, yeah, those would be the only two bats I would really think about, but I I just don't see them putting up a bunch of runs here.
1: Dodgers. (laughs) 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 Ha, (laughs) ha. Love the Dodgers. I, I mean, it, would it be? And I won't say no. Would it be the morning grind if it if I didn't love the Dodgers? Though,
2: oh, you don't. Would it? Would it be a rational person not to love the Dodgers? Probably one of the best hitting lineups I've ever seen. Yeah,
1: I mean, they're so good. Yeah, <sighs> so kind of wish
2: I still lived in LA. Just for that. I mean, so all joking
1: aside, if you're stacking the Dodgers, I love Freeman and Muncie lefty lefty, because if you're stacking the Dodgers and you expect them to get the Alexander, you know, they're still going to get two or three at bats against right-handed pitching. So don't, I I mean, if you're stacking the Dodgers, I think you play Freeman and Muncie. So, yeah,
2: I mean, I think I prefer Bats and Turner and Will Smith, but Muncie and Freeman are absolutely in play.
1: Yeah. I mean, you, you got Chris Taylor in there as well. He's someone um, that you like. Maybe they'll make it really easy for us, and Barnes a catch. Yeah. All right, Washington at San Francisco. Sanchez against Wood. Another low total, seven and a half game, and the Giants a massive two twenty favorite here. Uh, any interest here in Aaron Sanchez? Nope.
2: He's probably not going to go more than seventy pitches. He's, I don't know how, still in the league. Um, I mean,
1: he does his thing, right? And he did it in his first start. He. Throws a ton of ground balls and gets eats innings. I mean, that's what Aaron Sanchez does.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but he's not a good, not a good strikeout pitcher. This is not a great matchup. There's a high four and a half run total for San Francisco in San Francisco, which says something. Like Sanchez is not, not a good choice here.
1: Yeah. I have no interest in Sanchez. Um, I do, on the other hand, have a lot of interest in alex wood um just pitched against his team got a little unlucky only went 77 pitches um I think this is a spot he could pitch a little bit better and at 8700 i think he's definitely in play yeah, I mean, he
2: still had 18 points in this last spot going up against Washington. I mean, they're heavy favorites, of so the win's a decent possibility. It's being played over in San Francisco. The strikeout stuff has been there. He hasn't had less than five strikeouts in any matchup. The ground ball stuff has been pretty good. Only got to 77 pitches in the last outing, but he's been sitting around mid-80s here, so he has a chance to get into the 90s, although they probably will be a little bit careful with him. Um, again, the only real problem I have with Alex Wood is – He's right in that 8K price range where there's a lot of other guys. So, again, this is a slate where you have seven, eight possible pitchers between eight and 10K um, that are all very good options. So, just wait and see where ownership ends up lying at. And you kind of go with the lower owned guys.
1: Any interest in the Washington Bats?
2: Not really. It's in San Francisco. Alex Wood has been good. I mean, the main bat I want to target is going to be Juan Soto. And he's 4.8K playing in San Francisco. I think you could take a shot on Nelly Cruz with the platoon split because he's sub-4K right now. But, again, not a huge fan of the ballpark. So, likely f- fading the Washington bats.
1: Yep. Uh, I kind of like San Francisco, but Aaron Sanchez is just so good. I like generating ground balls. It's it's so hard to play. I mean, the guy that I would want to play is like Brandon Belt, who hits a ton of fly balls, but I hate playing him at first base. Um, and at 5.4K. Yeah, and Jock Peterson, I mean, he heard is growing. There's a good chance that he's not even in this lineup. So, yeah, I don't have a ton of interest here in San Francisco.
2: Yeah, now yeah, right there with you. I mean, it's 55 degrees there. Tough ballpark for hitting. We're not getting a huge discount on anyone. I mean, the two bats I'd want to target are probably Belt and Crawford, and both of them are priced up. So we don't know if they're going to end up tuning out too many guys. So there's always a chance of getting pitch hit for at any given time. Sanchez, not a great pitcher, but not a terrible pitcher at limiting fantasy points to opposing lineups. So likely a spot I'm staying away from.
1: Yeah. Let's play the morning grind game. And I'll say this about this late as we finish up. Um the Reds are gonna be massive chalk. Yep. Under eight K to get six or more strikeouts. Who do you like today?
2: I'm going with Bradish.
1: I thought you were going to too. I was like, I know that's who he's gonna go with. Um I like to
2: go ballsy, plus there's not any other great options outside of maybe one.
1: I'll go Aaron Seville. Um that's the one. Oakland's hot garbage they're Oakland's scoring ten runs today <laughs> 10. <laughs> yes, just <laughs> a toy with us <laughs> so they're gonna say to me over eight k to score under fifteen. who's your bust at the top today?
2: This is I mean Erchidy's the obvious one or um Tanner. I'll go with Ian Anderson <laughs> I like it
1: You're like this guy, this guy um.
2: I didn't want to go obvious.
1: Yeah, I am going to go... I'm going to go Corey Kluber. Over 4K to hit a home run, not in course. Who do you got?
2: Arnauto. Oh, you took my guy. All right, O'Neal. You're going to have Arenado. No, it's fine. Um, Give me Judge. It's a pretty easy one.
1: Under 4K to get two hits. Nobody Adam, from the Reds. Adam Duvall. <laughs> no, no Reds.
2: <laughs> oh, I mean, it's in Coors. Can't play.
1: Everybody Can't. from the Reds. No, no Reds. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this slate, man. Gosh, yeah, this yeah. slate would be so good if the Reds weren't like free.
2: Yeah. If Coors was not on the slate, this would be fantastic. I would love it. With Coors on the slate, I still kind of. I might just. I might want. I might max enter tomorrow and just full on fade the Reds just to watch the world burn. (laughs) Um, under under four k to get two hits. Um,
1: give me. Gosh, man, the Reds are just.
2: Is it? It's probably not a terrible idea, to. Bet the Reds under for the team total, just their team total, because you don't have to do the full on cores one. And then just full on, I might, it's been a while since I've done that. I might just do that. I wonder what the odds are. I wonder if DraftKings has a Reds team total out there. Um, should be at five with, um, probably minus 110, minus 115 juice on the over. I'm looking. This could be Chris Taylor
1: is Chris Taylor is my guy under 4K to get two hits. Um give me a stack to score six or more runs.
2: I'm going with the Braves. Yeah, so the Reds over five and a half is sitting at plus one hundred. Yeah, I
1: mean Yeah. What bets do you like today? Anything standing out to you? I mean, I know what you're talking about here.
2: So I'm going to give out some uh, basketball bets.
1: Yeah. Might
2: as well. I mean, because those, I mean, you know, me, I like betting props and it's NBA, so, or it's the playoffs. So a lot of props are out. Uh, John Morant under... Eight and a half rebounds. Um, get minus one thirty-four over at FanDuel. Guy averages like 5.4 on the season. I know Steven Adams is out, so I think the line probably moved to like minus 120. Um, but again he's been getting trouble doubles. That's not gonna hold up. Uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. over 12 and a half points. You can get it minus 105 at Caesars. I don't think he fouls out here. They're gonna need him a little bit more. And yeah, and then I also bet Memphis um, money line because they're minus one ten. I think they might have actually moved with the Stephen Adams news. Nope, still minus one ten. Still going with it.
1: Yeah, I was gonna. So I was researching some disc golf stuff on Prize Fix before we got rolling here. Um, the weather looks like like really bad weather tomorrow, and the course is one of the hardest courses I've ever seen on tour. So I'm just gonna skip it because um, there is nothing. So. Yesterday, prize pick did like holes and you could like do over under strokes on the hole and it made it a lot of fun. But today's like strokes. And yeah, the only thing that like was standing out to me, like jumping off the page was Calvin Heinberg over 61 and a half strokes. Um, I, I like that a lot. So
2: I mean, with that bad of weather on a tough course, isn't it just not a bad idea to pick a whole bunch of overs?
1: The problem is they made like they made the lines. Yes, it would be that way, but like they made the lines so close to what it should be, even with bad weather.
2: Yeah, that's rough. Well, they, like maybe. the
1: five-time world champion, the best player in the world. His line is 61 strokes, which is four under par. And like, even like really crappy weather, like it could go either way. So, I mean, that's why like the one that I said really stands out to me um the most. So, Anyway, um, my, so I did like a, I did a two for two power, um, and I took what was the other one I took? Hold on, I got to pull it up now. I took uh, Calvin Heinberg over, and I took Nate Sexton over, and like it's like two point two five or something like that. So there you go. Uh, any final thoughts before we get out of here, Grant?
2: Nope. Just it's going to be an interesting slate it always is
1: gosh man the reds I just yeah anyway that's gonna wrap it up here for friday we'll be back monday talking more baseball if you're playing nascar make sure you check out nascar premium package here at Broder grinders um it's dover weekend i have a lot of thoughts on dover that i'm going to talk about on the live show saturday night so can't wait uh grant always fun good luck everyone we'll see you again on monday see you kids